What's up, crew? Welcome to the CloverTech Podcast Lounge. I believe this is episode number 118. If you're uh, interested, at least in the numbers, matter of record, May the 3rd of uh, 2021. Tomorrow is May the 4th. Ooh, that could provoke some interesting conversation as we move forward tonight. Remember, uh, here in the lounge, your topics, your questions are all welcome out there in the chat. Got a few things before we bring my uh, cohort in crime in tonight. Got a few things that I want to get out there, want to talk about. And then, of course, we may talk about these a little later as more people file in. Remember, as you file in live, to say, hey, because we'll try to give you a shout out just like Southpaw RX, G Webs, Artec, uh, T Town, Rich, Wildcat, Daniel, John, Alan. Jose, all out there fairly early tonight. So uh, what is up? What is up? Remember, if you're also listening to this in the audio format or watching in replay, the conversation doesn't have to end. There's always a comment section somewhere below. So if you've got questions, uh, you want to uh, let your voice be heard, we'll utilize the technology right, that we have at our uh, disposal. We'll Pete out there, G23 out there. Uh, as well so a couple of things that i want to go over uh first of all uh and we're going to talk a little bit of, probably about the hearing uh last week in the texas senate on constitutional carry but i want to get this on folks radar um i don't think i've got this in the comments below or in the description below but i'll try to put that uh, down there a little later i see sentinels jumping in what is up sir but uh yeah as of right now we've got six texas senators that are not publicly have not publicly made a um, declaration or uh, said what they're going to do with this bill. Right. Uh, six Republican, I should say senators. Uh, that's going to be Nelson Nichols, Betancourt, Taylor Huffman and Seliger. Let me say that again. Nelson Nichols, Betancourt, Taylor Huffman and Seliger. Uh, the number to the switchboard in Austin. I'm going to throw that in the live chat. I'll try to get that also down uh, in the description below some of this stuff, but uh, 512-463-4630. Again, 512-463-4630. Give those six, uh, especially a call. If you've got a Democrat senator, obviously keep on those folks as well. You never know when we might could uh, potentially get a flip. Uh, the doctor out there, DJ's out there in the house. I see jumping in, Roy. Uh, again, if you jump in, if I miss you, if whatever, then uh, be sure to let us know. Also, when you call your senators, also would not hurt to get uh, in touch with Dan Patrick as well. A uh, few more things that I want to get out of the way. Um, big shout out, big thanks to the YouTube channel members as well as the Patreon patrons. If you see a green name out there uh, or you see a... Um, uh, blue name with a wrench or maybe a green name with a, a little avatar. Uh, that's going to be YouTube channel members and Patreon patrons. Uh, thanks to uh, those guys out there and gals for the, for the support. Speaking of that, uh, the launch air pop poll for uh, Patreon is up. Patrons get to choose what firearm we use for that. That's up now on Patreon. So if you are a patron and you have not went over there and voted in that poll, jump over there and get that done. Jay Hal out there, I see in the chat. What is up? Um, on the topic of videos and things that are out in the chat, a couple more things, and then we're going to get get on with the show. Remember, 
throw those uh, topics and questions out there if you have them. It's Monday, so we could talk about just about anything. Jose says, what's a channel member? You can click the little join thing, uh, and the channel member kind of works like uh, like Patreon in a way. You get access to videos early. Don't really have any perks set up. Uh, honestly, Patreon's the way to go over a channel member. But some people, just the ease of doing the channel member or whatever, it's just more convenient for them, I guess. Uh, there's also the option to super chat if you want to support the channel, or we're going to talk about some other support mechanisms in a minute, but that's not what this show is about. Uh, let me finish this up real quick. Um, we finally got nine breakout videos from the testimony done. Those nine are broken up into, uh, tried to break them up into themes like law enforcement officers training, um, you know, the wild, wild west comments, different things like that, right? Um, so I've got those packaged up. They're all in a playlist, so you can find that Texas Constitutional Carry 2021 playlist on the channel, and um, you can go through those. That'll keep you from having to watch that entire 10-hour live stream, or maybe if you just want to share uh, a specific speaker, picked out some of the best ones. Also, we got back to, finally, some reg regularly scheduled programming, which was uh, uh, some shooting some three inch shotgun shells through that Gerson MC three twelve sports shotgun that dropped on the channel at the a normal time and, and day yesterday. Uh, so check that one out as well. Um, the other thing that I want to throw out there is uh, kind of linked to the testimony, got a new design out there uh, in the spread shirt. And I'm going to screen share here, just kind of show you, uh, show you this one, but uh, it is over there and you can get this, you know, you put a design basically on spreadsheets, how this works. Uh, and then you're able to do, um, you're able to do stickers. You're able to do shirts, hoodies, uh, I think tote bags, coffee mugs, all kinds of other stuff. But we got to, I spend 81% of my money on guns and that's making fun of the mom's demand action. 81% uh, stat that they kept throwing out last week. Silly as it might seem, they kept saying 81% of, of, uh, Texans do not support constitutional carry. We know that's a bunch of bull. So uh, we made a lot of fun with them in the fun with that percentage in the live chat. And uh, why not take that to the next level, right? So uh, yeah, if you're interested with that, it's over there on the Spreadshirt link. Is out there. So uh, yeah, check that one out. Uh, did we have anybody new come in? Makojo looks like jumping in. I'm gonna try to scroll up here and see. Uh, if there was any more questions, I don't think there was, but remember that, uh, yeah, your topics and questions as we move forward, you can throw them out there. Now we're going to bring in the man of the hour, uh, my cohort, Hort in crime, uh, Mr. Devin in the house. Remember you need to unmute Devin, but, uh, welcome to the show, bro. Hey brother. How you doing this evening? Not a lot. Now for those that are unaware, Devin testified, uh, down in Austin. And thank you for that, by the way, Devin. Uh, we, uh, I'm sure I speak for myself and a lot of others when I say thank you for that. And uh, we appreciate you taking the uh, time out. I'm just curious, from the time that you um, – give us a time frame for this. A lot of people don't realize how far people had to go and how long you waited. So from the time you arrived at the Capitol until the time that you spoke, do you have any idea how long that was? Oh, yeah. Uh, first, it was about three and a half hours for me to get there. Uh, things fell into place. I was actually supposed to be on duty that day, and things fell into place where I was able to get the day off. Uh, so I got up a little earlier than I normally do and headed south. And 
instead of north. And I got to the Capitol around 8.15ish. I uh, got in the parking garage, skipped the metal detectors with the LTC line. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, sure. people talk about, oh, the LTC will go away. Well, not mine because I like walking by when, you know, watching and everybody you, stand in line to get searched. And so, right. Yeah. And just to jump in, you did open carry, correct? Yes, I did. Uh, as uh, as I am today, there you are. Am I leaning the right way? There we go. Yeah, I'm leaning the right way. Okay. There we anyway. go. Claim to fame, my Springfield uh, XDM. I get lots of positive comments on it. Um, back to the question at hand, though. Um, met up with some good folks from GOA, got a nice free T-shirt. Um, went down, got registered. It was probably about 845 uh, when I registered. And my turn to testify came up around 4 o'clock that afternoon. Right. And so there was, for those that watched the hearing, you, you probably know there's about an hour of, of senators talking back and forth. And, uh, and then there was a little bit of invited testimony and, and then the public started. So yeah, I, I pretty much spent all day just hanging around the halls of the Capitol. The, the thing that really stood out to me was how many troopers were walking around there with their ARs strapped on their chest. You know, mm-hmm. I chose to think that that they were not there watching us, uh, us lawful gun owners. They were there in case one of the wacko leftists decided to do something stupid. So yeah. that's, that's entirely, entirely possible. <laughs> entirely possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, it'd have been interesting, I think, to have a, maybe a conversation with them uh, about that. I may have to off the record talk with a few DPS friends of mine and, and get their thoughts. Draco out there with the two dollar super super chat. He says, "I'm sure." It's been asked, but when's the Senate vote? We're going to get into that here in uh, here in just a second. Uh, but we don't know is the short answer. So stand by on that. Uh, Makojo P&W, again, if I forget to shout you out, then let me know. Jose out there says, uh, can you open carry long guns in the Texas Capitol? I don't think you can. No, you cannot. You at, cannot. at the Capitol, yes, not in the Capitol. Right, right. You presently you cannot carry long guns on the Capitol grounds. Uh, you can you can walk around on the sidewalk outside the Capitol grounds, but um, I believe that they're still at a point where uh, you can't carry long guns onto the property. Right. To uh, a Dave out there, so we're gonna I'm gonna shift gears a little bit before we continue with Devin, and we're gonna. We're going to put him on the spot. This may embarrass him a little bit. I don't really care. But uh, I'm going to bring up Devin's testimony for those that have not uh, seen it. You don't need all my show notes. Let me get those out of the way. So um, hopefully all this comes through fine. Here we go. I'm going to play this. Uh, we'll listen to Devin's testimony, and then we'll continue. You can put the topics out there if you've got topics, if you've got questions, you've got things you want to uh, hear us talking about questions for Devin about what went on down there in Austin. He was uh, in the uh, room or rooms. Then uh, line those up, stack those up as we uh, listen to Devin here. Let's jump in and uh, catch it. Aaron Lundgren, then David Dennis. Is it Greider? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, sir, Greider. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Devin Greider. I'm here representing myself, my family, to speak for this bill. I'm a career fire captain, a veteran, a former police officer, been around a bit. Um, I'm also a proud husband, adoptive dad. My wife and I have seven children between.
the last four adopted brothers. I'm here for this bill. The I feel like my wife is the is the absolute person this bill would benefit. I, I've heard a lot said today about training and untrained people, and I know there are a lot of women out there like my wife who grew up around guns on a on a farming ranching uh, family. Uh, she's had guns, owned guns, shotguns her whole life. Either I'm around. Um, circumstances she's never gotten her LTC. Uh, with the Motorist Protection Act a few years ago, she can carry in her car. She carries on our on our property if need be. She's the type of person that this bill would allow to carry in public. She's the farthest thing from untrained. Um, I would not use that word at all to describe her. I've heard a lot of people up here talk like the LTC would go. State website. Hey, if this bill is passed, and as I'm sure you're aware, that's the farthest thing from the truth. Um, I've had a CHL slash LTC for 15 years. I fully intend on keeping it even after this bill is passed and signed into law. Um, I travel to other states and I enjoy the reciprocity of having the LTC. Also appreciate the benefit when purchasing firearms that I don't have to stand in line and wait on a phone call. I've already had my background check. So the LTC won't go away. Someone mentioned earlier about people going to fire stations. I want to tell you that fire stations are not secure. If, you're, if your crazed attacker is chasing you, don't go to a fire station because, as far as I know, almost every city in this state prohibits their firefighters from bringing weapons into the building, even if they have an LTC. Um, I grew up in an era when firearm safety was taught in schools. I think we should bring that back. Um, firearms were everywhere in schools until the Gun-Free School Zone Act of 1990. I'll close by saying I know a lot of rank-and-file police, and they all support this bill. So please pass it. Thank you. Members, questions? Thanks for your time. Senator Lucio. Senator, very good testimony, uh, and I appreciate the comments. I, I think you're a fine Christian man. Um, we might have to do that uh, in terms of our, our schooling. Uh, get to a point where there's so many guns out there. I would, I would gladly support a bill that would bring gun safety instruction. Yes, sir. They're going to be there, and, mm. and we certainly don't want our our young people to be exposed to, to guns without the proper knowledge. So it's a good point you make. Yes. I'm very happy. Thank you, Senator. I'd be very supportive of that also and even volunteer to teach at my local school for gun safety for our young people. Senator Hall. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Senator Lucio, you beat me to it. <laughs> I was, I was going to make a comment because you had so many comments made about the lack of training. And I recently visited one of the schools in my district that actually does that. They have not only do They have gun training, they have a gun range within their school building, and they take it seriously, and those kids are, are learning just what we've talked about here. So I know it's not for this bill, but I'm glad it was brought up. I think it's something that we seriously ought to consider looking at is making it available for, for our kids. So thank you very much. Very good. Thanks. Chair calls Lola Estes. All right, we can get rid of that. Let me uh, stop the screen share, get back into it here. So I want to jump in. We do got a couple questions out there, uh, Devin. <clears throat> but I want to follow up. It's one of the reasons, you know, I've known you for years, obviously. But one of the reasons I want to have, have you on is kind of what G-Webb says out there. He says, a oh, great testimony. Thank you. And you got a reaction from Lucio. So 
how did you feel when they started wanting to interact with you? Um, it's, it's a little bit nerve wracking to, to be honest, um, going in there when they first called me, I, I was glad they kind of did the, the on deck thing. Cause they called about four of us in at one time. So I got, I got five or six minutes to, to kind of sit in the back and breathe and settle down. And so that, that made it a whole lot better. Uh, when Lucio addressed me, I was, I was pretty impressed that, that he, uh, took the time to, to not only acknowledge, but to, to recognize my, my testimony and, and compliment. Uh, there was really a point when I, I wondered if he might be a flip and, and might actually vote for the bill to, to get out of committee. Um, but I guess we didn't really overcome the volume of phone calls he got from his district. Um, to that, I would say if you're in Senator Lucio's district or if you know anybody that lives out there, get a hold of them and have them call his office repeatedly and tell him to vote for the bill on the floor. Because uh, I think the only thing that kept him from it, just my own personal opinion, was, was the volume of phone calls that, you know, uh, he, he represents a, a very Democrat district. And so, you know. Right. Yeah, it, uh, and it definitely takes, you know, us calling and uh, and being engaged, right, to, you know, to make that, to make the changes that we want to see. I mean, we got to be like what you did in going down there and testifying. We got to be involved in the process. Um, Absolutely. So G-Web's out there, and I do want to kind of follow up on that, on that conversation, but I don't want to miss any of the questions or the topics or other things out there in the chat. Thanks to everybody for, uh, for coming in and uh, throwing those in. Uh, but G Webb's got a question here. He says, was it difficult? Was it a difficult decision to make and follow through on to go to Austin on Thursday, like taking time off work, tasks, cost to get there, family or other obligations missed, et cetera. The way I understand it, you just kind of explained that earlier that you, it was kind of a last minute thing and a flying trip more or less for you, wasn't it? It, it sort of was, uh, the decision was not difficult at all. Uh, right. The logistics of the decision were, were a little bit more. Uh, we're, we're in a season at, at my work that, that normally, normally late winter, January through about March, maybe April with the exception of spring break. Um, vacation days are, are sort of easy to get. They're not really full up. Uh, we schedule all of our vacation at the end of the previous year for the whole next year. And then we can we can take days unscheduled if they're spots. Uh, we're we're in that we're in that area where we start into the summertime where basically there's no unscheduled spots available. Um, this one just kind of fell in my lap. Uh, I had another guy that was willing to actually work my shift for me if I didn't get vacation, uh, but I ended up getting a day off. So. The, the decision was easy. Uh, even the trip wasn't bad. Uh, once I, once I had it worked out to be off, um, I got up probably 30 minutes earlier than I normally would. It usually takes me a little over an hour to get to work anyway. And, uh, so I got up and headed to Austin a little earlier. So it was, uh, it was pretty easy. Um, as far as the day and, and the question, like previous commitments and family, that sort of thing. Um, I would not have went to Austin. I would have went to work, so I'd have been I'd have been gone from the family anyway. 
Um, there was a little bit of cost, you know, a little bit of little bit of gas and food, that sort of thing. But to me, I, I'm thankful to be blessed to be able to afford that kind of stuff and and to be able to to go to Austin and sit down in front of the senators and the mad mommies and everybody watching online and and just share life, you know, and, and tell them how right. how I feel and, and what I've learned and that sort of thing. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I felt like I was part of something significant, so made it made it that much more worthwhile. You know, you, you bring up a good point. We, there was a lot of testimony on the the cost and the logistics obstacles with obtaining an LTC and why that while I, you know, I think you, you would agree with me and a bunch of other people would too, that it's nice to have the option of the LTC, but it should not be a requirement. We should have the, the constitutional carry in play for those that have legitimate obstacles and hurdles and things that affect the logistics of being able to do that. So with, with that being such a, a a talking point, let's say, during all these testimonies, one thing in my mind, and especially after hearing you talk and G-Web's questions out there and everything else, is how many of those people that are truly affected by the Texas LTC do not have the luxury to be able to go down and actually testify, right? Yeah, the, those same people, and, and that was one of the reasons that um, I brought up my wife. My wife is one of those people that even though we have the financial means uh, to pay for the class, to pay for the license, the fingerprints, all that, um, the, the time involved in the logistics of finding a class, taking a class, getting babysitters, me working shift, you know, most of the classes are on Saturdays and that's our prime family time as long as I'm not working that day. Um, I think I think you made a very good point that, that a couple of the other speakers down there testifying that evening made were, you know, those people that, that couldn't afford, maybe they have a choice between purchasing a firearm and getting the license. And, and so they choose to purchase the firearm so they can defend themselves and be secure in their person. But, but then, you know, if they're, if they follow the law, then they can't carry it with them unless they're in their house or in their car. Um, those same people don't necessarily have the luxury I had to, to work something out the night before and go to Austin the next day and, you know, spend a, spend a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars or you know on a, on a trip to austin i didn't i didn't get a hotel this trip last time i went i had a hotel so this one was this one was a what i call an economical trip um basically cost me a tank of gas and my my little hyundai which gets 39 miles per gallon at 82 miles an hour and uh <laughs> um a couple of meals at the Capitol. Uh, GOA bought some pizza, so that helped with meals. Oh, cool. um, I actually went and got lunch before I knew that was happening. So you know, <clears throat> but not to be rude, I went and ate some pizza anyway. So you know, you know how that is <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's a, that's an interesting but, uh, thing because I, you know I was curious. That was my thought. With as long as folks were there, 
you know, what do you do? I mean, you try to leave the grounds and go and get something to eat. That's pretty neat that GOA brought in pizza. So uh, kudos to them for, for trying to take care of the people they're trying to testify. That was that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that, that was good. Um, what a lot of people do, the, the Capitol Grill is there, and uh, a lot of mm-hmm. people go in there and just grab something, and that's what I did. And, uh, yeah, yes, GW, there, there was free GOA pizza. I saw that in the comments. Yeah, right. they uh, they pushed that out on the on the text. So if you were if you were around but you weren't on the GOA text, you you might have missed out. But uh, now, what kind of pizza yeah. was it? I'm just curious. Like what, what uh, was was, was Papa John's? Really? So it was pretty. Wow. It was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They, they had some ham and sausage, and, and Papa John's got kind of a unique ham. It's almost like it's almost like diced, but it's it's like little inch long square strips. Right. And so it's almost like they, they put ham through a, a little small French fry cutter. So, yeah. Right. But, uh, now, did it have pineapple with the ham? Uh, some of them did. The, the one oh. I ate did not. You know, I, I'm not a communist, so I don't eat pineapple on pizza. So, you know, I kind of, I kind of, I walk around with one of these and, you know, so yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but, uh, you know, what? one thing that I thought was interesting was, I had about a two-hour conversation in the hallway. There was a lady that testified named Liz Abrahampton or Abrahamson. One, uh-huh. uh, she and I conversed in the hallway for about two hours, and wow. uh, I, I knew I didn't convert her, but you know, I I was kind of disappointed when she testified and she just stuck to her little her little pre-prepared talking point statement, but. I gave her a, a lot of things to think about, and we had a lot of we had a lot of, of civil discourse. Um, she would bring up a point, what her concern was. One of her big things was was training and, and untrained people. Right. And there, there was me and a couple of other guys kind of came and went, but she and I talked mostly for a while. And, and, you know, one of the things that, that we commented on a couple of times that, that really kind of stood out was just our ability to stand there and, and have a civil adult conversation. And, right. and I wanted to, one or two occasions, uh, a couple of the mad mommies came by and they were, they kind of gave her some side-eyed looks, even though she was there for their side. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of sad to me, you know, that, that, I mean, it, okay. If then people have a different viewpoint, they have a different viewpoint. I mean, welcome to America. Glad you're here. But, but, you know, don't, don't get down on one of your own people because she bothers to, to talk to somebody from the, from the intelligence side and, and gain some knowledge and some information and so, you know, so. Right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't we don't get anywhere. We don't move forward. We don't learn any anything if we don't have the conversations. And so, right. you know, that's an important thing. I mean, even if you, you know, at first you have the assumption or maybe the presumption or the expectation that you're going to do, disagree with somebody, but that should not keep you from engaging in that conversation. Um, I think a lot of people use that as an excuse, right? They go, oh, I can't talk to that person. They're a liberal or they're a Democrat or they're a this, that, or the other. And I think that, you know, if you would hone your skills of conversation. Uh, my, my question is when you were talking to that lady 
I've got actually a couple of questions on that, on that point. But while you were talking yeah. that daddy, I, I talk about it all the time. You know, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Did you do more listening Absolutely. than talking or talking than listening? I'm just curious. It, honestly, it was kind of 50, 50. We, we more or less took okay. turns, um, talking to right. each other, explaining our viewpoints and, uh, you know, she, I probably did more talking because, because she asked a lot of questions. Oh, great. Uh, That's she, good. Though. She, That's good. Yeah. She, she told me that story and her testimony about her dad shooting a hole in the ceiling. She didn't, she didn't tell me, she didn't say it was a shotgun, but she told me about him shooting a hole in the ceiling. And, uh, <laughs> and I kind of used that to say, you know, I, uh, I did that very same thing uh -huh. as a, as a commissioned police officer. So that, that just goes to show that just because a person is trained doesn't mean that, that they can't slip up or be careless or have an accident. The, the fact that people have accidents doesn't mean they're not trained. I mean, you know, I had military training. I had a, I had a lot of firearms experience in the military. I've been through police academy. I'd worked a couple of years as a police officer at that point and, I took a Glock 23 out of the box and, and was holding it like this. And I went, why, why is this trigger tense? You know, cause if you know anything about a Glock, if it's, if it's unloaded, the triggers weak, uh, right. I guess. And I kind of went, boop, you know, don't put, your, don't put right. your booger hook on the bang stick. So yeah, my grandmother's house right. had a hole in the ceiling. <laughs> right. <laughs> happens to well, the best of us you know and that's where you know when we talk about when we talk about mitigation of uh of accidents that's why that's why there's for me anyway for some people say there's four rules of firearm safety and there could be 20 rules of firearm safety if you want to go right. that crazy with it i come up through 4-h and everything um and for us there's three um and that's keep your finger off the trigger muzzle in a safe direction a action clear until you're ready to use it right um any one of those three if you follow any one of those three you're going to mitigate your chances of an accident to near zero right and so yeah, yes while you didn't have your finger off the trigger and obviously it wasn't clear the fact that it was pointed in a safe enough direction to only go through the roof instead of a body was right. you know was a good thing yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely own it. It was it was a bonehead move on my part, but but yeah, it was it was absolutely pointed at the ceiling, and I just went, "Why is that trigger like that?" and pulled it. So you know, like right. a moron. But hey, you know, we all have moron moments every now and then. But like it I happened. said, you know, I was I was observing the other rules, and you know, it was pointed at the at the ceiling instead of at some wall or me or you know, right. Uh, we, we've all seen the boneheaded videos and that sort of thing. And, you know, mm -hmm. you can't really, you, you can't legislate that. And, and the fact that there's car wrecks every day proves that, you know, just because there's training doesn't mean crap don't happen. So. Right. No, hundred percent. Uh, Buck, I see is joining us and for everybody out there, if you're joining us, I remember, uh, chime in, uh, call me out. Let me know if I haven't, uh, acknowledged you in the chat. Uh, if you're in replay, whatever it might be, welcome as well. I know some people just simply can't get uh, on live. Whether it's audio, video, whatever, there's comments below. You can be a part of the conversation. Your questions, your topics, we don't have to talk about the Senate hearings and 
seven in the two eight. We almost got off on a pineapple pizza thing there. Uh, but I do want to uh, take this time. It's at the bottom of the hour real quickly to go over a few more things for maybe those that come in late. Uh, we need to talk about, since we are talking about, I see Calaveras out there in the chat. What's up, Calaveras? Um, we need to talk about constitutional carry and, and get a little bit of information out. Yes, it has moved on. Uh, it should go uh, to the Senate floor one day this week. We don't know when. Uh, we've got a few senators. If you're in Texas, need to be getting in touch with these folks. Uh, I did amend the uh, description of this video with that. Also, the switchboard is 512-463-4630, 512-463-4630. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick is over the Senate. Not going to hurt to give his office a call and and um, you know keep the pressure on there. Uh, and then the six Republican senators, and reach out and contact those Democrat senators as well. It's not going to not going to hurt. We'll talk a little bit about Lucio and the and the questioning and the conversation that uh, he had with Devin here in just a second. But reach out to you know don't be discouraged that there's a Democrat uh, that is your senator. Still reach out to them. Let uh, let them know your wishes and, and your concerns and all of that. But the six Republicans that haven't publicly doesn't mean I'm not saying these folks are against anything. Um, and I'm not even saying they're on the fence. I'm just saying they haven't made a public statement. Uh, so we do need to be calling these folks for sure is Nelson Nichols, Betancourt, Taylor Huffman, and Seliger. Again, that's Nelson Nichols, Betancourt, Taylor Huffman, and Seliger. I've got that down in the, uh, in the description below. Um, a few other things is I did the breakout sessions uh, over the weekend, nine separate videos of different testimony, kind of good testimony broken down into various categories. We also got that Gerson M312 Sports Shotgun video back to the normal content for those that may have joined us for the uh, constitutional carry and, and the stuff like that. Uh, and then we've got, I'm going to put the uh, link out there in the uh, chat for the new, if I can get it to go, uh, for the new uh, the new shirt design, or I, I hate to say shirt design, but the new design um, that uh, I've got up in the, uh, in the, it's the shirt store, but you can get stickers and aprons and coffee mugs and all kinds of stuff there. Uh, this is the I spend 81%. Thank you, Moms Demand Action, for that, by the way. Great, great percentage to use for a lot of cool things. But uh, yeah, the uh, Texas, I spend 81% of my money on guns. Uh, get that in a shirt, a mug, all kinds of stuff, if you uh, if you so wish. Uh, and then finally, shout out and uh, and big thanks as is always scrolling down below here to all the Patreon patrons and the YouTube channel members, those that super chat like uh, Draco did earlier, and uh, help support the channel in in various ways. Good lord, did I get through all of that spiel? I think I did. So let's go back to Devin, and I want to I want to backtrack to the conversation with Lucio and then Hall. So the, uh, the idea, which this is what, this is what was awesome about it was brutal. Don't get me wrong. And anybody that has watched the replay of that 10 hour live stream, we did uh, without the live interaction, because the live interaction with folks was awesome. Um, but anybody that has watched that solo or listened to that, bless you. Uh, I bow to you because uh, that was tough to get through. Uh, even live with the interaction and all the people out there in the chat. I think we had 300, 300 plus in the, in the live stream for that. Um, and even with all of that interaction and the fun we were having and everything else, it was tough to get through those 10 hours. So I can imagine just trying to watch that video. That's where the nine testimonial videos uh, may be beneficial for those that don't want to do that. But one thing was seeing 
these recurring themes come up, right? Because it 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 gives us ideas when we watch things like this, Devin. Um, and one of the recurring themes, and and they they talked about it with you, and I know of at least two other ones that it was brought up at least was this education, firearm education in schools. So we we know that, and, and I'm going to bring you on in a second. I'll get your overall thoughts. But over the past few decades, Texas has slowly uh, chipped away, kind of like the anti-gun element has for years and decades and whatever chipped away at our rights. We've slowly chipped away to gain those back, I think, here in Texas. Constitutional carry being, the, of course, the next evolution, the next obvious chip. But what I find interesting, and I'm always a long ball kind of guy, right? Look, look ahead is we knock out this constitutional carry and then next session we've already established some groundwork through this hearing that we talk about educate firearm education in schools right we've kind of set that potentially in motion with this hearing which is exciting to think about oh absolutely um i've thought ever since being down there the other day that that Next session, when, when we bring a bill to put firearm education back in the, in the schools, uh, the elementary schools particularly, mm-hmm. that, that when the mad mommies come in to, to oppose it, um, I, I'm going to lead the effort to beat them over the head with their testimony against yep. this bill about people need training, people need training, people need training, and... And it, pardon me for being blunt, but I'm going to break it off in them and tell them, you said people need training. Now we're getting people training. Yep. And, yep. and we're doing it when they're young. It doesn't matter. It's not going to be about hunting. It's going to be about mm-hmm. firearm safety. And it doesn't matter if they grow up to be bleeding heart liberals that never own a firearm. They will have had training on firearm safety when they were young. And right. as we know, the things we learn when we're young tend to tend to stick with us. A um, little bit off topic, I, I wanted to share something right quick. Um, yeah. Life never stops at my house. Um, we have four little boys. They're three, four, five, and eight. And we adopted them a couple of years ago. Uh, we also raise miniature Herefords. My, my wife has a shirt that says, Just Chasing Kids and Cows. <laughs> and uh, so, so I'm going to try to see if my camera will pick this up right quick, if I can get to it. A little for bit, all yeah. y- For all y'all that want to go, oh, this happened at my house about 15 minutes ago. That's one of my cows and a brand new baby calf. So, nice. uh, so life never stops. If you see me looking down and kind of doing this, it's because my wife is texting me going, hey, there's a calf on the ground down here. It's in a, you know, yada, yada, yada. So right now it's doing good. It, it's not a big thing. But uh, just a little bit of a little bit of how life happens there, you know. Um, right. Right. Do you a, want to do you want to plug that while we're while we're on that topic real quick? If anybody's interested in that sort of thing. Absolutely. Why not? Uh, we are we are rolling G minis. Uh, we're in Tennessee Colony, Texas. Facebook dot com slash RG minis. I'll go throw that in the comments in a minute. And uh uh, you can you can see all of our all of our pretty little babies, and so we have we have quite a few uh, available for sale. We we raise for stock for beef for show for you know pretty much uh, pets. I've sold I've sold many cows for pets. Um, 
what many Herefords are in, in brief is what cattle were in the 40s and 50s before the bigger is better trend started. Um, I was watching an episode of Big Valley one day, and of course, y'all know it was around in the 60s, 70s, you know. And the two brothers were, they rode to this this other ranch to buy a bull for their ranch. And as they were as they were riding off with the bull, they were leading him behind their horse, and he was about 18 inches shorter than their horses. But he was he was as wide as he was tall. That that's my herd bull. So, uh, so yeah, we we call them miniatures, but but what they really are is is heritage or classic cattle. The the size that cattle were for centuries before uh, before some American in the '60s decided, hey, let's try to make them bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So. Right, and and all you really get with bigger is more leg, and you can't eat the leg anyway. So hey, mini Hereford beef, some of the best I've ever had. Shameless right. plug there, sitting on the beautiful front porch at Rolling G this evening. So. That's fine, and I, I did. I went ahead and threw the Facebook link out there. G Webs is doing it too, so thanks, G. Awesome. Appreciate appreciate that. So talking about some bad weather out there. I think Rich talking about some tornadoes and some other things. Y'all y'all be careful. They're, they're talking about it. Yeah, we we went from bright and sunny to to yeah, we're in an enhanced risk now. It's, right. Uh, well, it, it's kind of calm. There's a little bit of breeze. It, it's what I call an Arkansas divorce day. Um, right. Yeah, y'all know what a tornado and a divorce have in common in Arkansas. Somebody's about to lose them a trailer. About to lose oh. the trailer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So speaking of storms, it, it did blow through one here the other day. 45 ACP, mm -hmm. Mr. There's Papa out there in the chat. What's up, bro? Nice. Uh, but uh, it blew through a, uh, a storm the other day. If you're wondering why I don't have a camera on right now. Um, yeah, I haven't been able to get my cell phone slash webcam, whatever you want to call it. Uh, something with the Wi-Fi is not synced up properly uh, because the lights flickered couple of days ago when that storm went through so uh, and i was too concerned with getting the audio so we could share your testimony and and uh wanted to in the in the testimony and the little breakout videos i did i just did the regular testimony uh, yes. and today since i had you on i wanted to show the full because you know they you did get a response from lucio and hall uh and i wanted to actually go into that so we could we could talk about that um on the the topic of you know, education in the schools. And I wonder where you fall on this, but you know, there's one of the, one of the mommies I want to say, or it, it may not have been, but it was definitely somebody that was, uh, that was against this bill had brought up that even she would be okay with, uh, firearm training in schools, but we need to do sex education beyond ab beyond just abstinence. And I don't know about you, and I don't know about everybody out there in the chat or that's listening. Comment below or whatever. Um, I I think we have to be I think we have to be careful at what age we do such things like that. But I don't have a problem with that either. Uh, I really don't either. Um, my, my only, I remember that lady. I, I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, she was against the bill. She was, I don't know if she was officially part of the mad mommies group or, or somebody else. Um, I found out something interesting that mom's demand pays people to come testify. So anyway, oh, yeah. side note there, if, if you see all their people, uh, that's why they get there. Um, but I did hear that comment. And the, the only issue I have with that is, is they do that intentionally. And, and I think we have to be careful 
tying issues together that way because this one has nothing to do with that one. Right. And, and some of our people kind of kind of tied uh, some issues back to abortion. Oh, well, if we're going to do this, well, then we can apply that to abortion. Yep. And and yep. while I didn't, I, while, I didn't like that either, <laughs> while I, while I agree with the liberal lady about sex ed and the conservative guy about abortion, uh, I don't necessarily think that either one of those had anything to do with this issue. You know, why why bring them up at this point? Right. Um, yeah, I agree you know. with you that it's not the place. And there was one guy that was kind of his his thing when he got into talking about fire mm-hmm. education in schools. He let off with that. He's like, everybody's done said what I was going to say. And, you know, and so he was talking, going to talk about something different kind of off the cuff. And he, he laid out the caveat before he ever started. And he said, Hey, this is actually a conversation yeah. for a different time or whatever. But what about edu- you know, education in schools? And I'm paraphrasing completely what he said. He's in one of those videos, I think on training and instructors mm-hmm. and training that I did a breakout. If you want to watch that, jump over to the channel and look at the one with, uh, trainer uh instructors and training i think is what it's called um but so i i've i'm curious what what bugs me when we start talking about whether it's it's where we're talking about some type of a sex ed thing uh whether we're talking about i mean there's so many things i think that need to be brought back into the school system we don't have civics anymore right, right. we don't have we don't have Kids don't even know. I can't tell you the number of my kids as well as their friends that have over the house that didn't even know how to like see it was senior invita- uh, graduation invitation time. And kids didn't even know how to address an envelope yeah, like yeah. Ser- seriously. And I get it. That's old school. I'm an old, you know, I'm an old crusty guy, whatever. Um, yeah. But, you know, balancing a checkbook, the principles and the concepts are still the same, right? Budgets yeah. in the home, budgeting things, right? Laying out a budget, um, you know, the the sending a letter, uh, being able to, you know, uh, even, even somewhat home economic type stuff. Like I said, civics, government, sex ed, firearm education, real world things, right? Things that you're going to graduate high school and you're going to have to deal with these things in real life. Whether you go to college oh, yeah. or not, you're going to have to deal with these things in real life that for whatever reason, we just stopped teaching in school. And I think yeah, we've got to, in, in, in the grand scheme of things, not just the, the firearm safety side of things, but I think we need to really shift focus and start trying to teach kids um, how to just get by in life with a lot of these different things. You know, our schools are so busy teaching kids how to pass a test. Correct. And, and teaching them the long way around to do simple math problems. The, the, the joke of common core math, which is really not a joke. Um, friend of mine posted a series of posts on Facebook a week or two ago. And he said uh, his son was, was taking this test prep uh, from this company that was recommended by the school to prepare for the star test his son's in fifth grade mm-hmm. and and his title for his post series was fifth grade star test prep questions that i an engineer with a minor in math could not answer <laughs> and, and he kind of went through you know some of the logic and 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 that's my thing with firearms training. I've seen a couple of a couple of folks in the comments talk about you know whose job is it, and it's absolutely us as the parents. 
Um, but there's so many parents that fail and, and there's even parents out there that, that don't know how to teach their kids firearm safety. And, and so from that vein, I, I'm absolutely all in favor of having firearm safety in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, I think we need to do away with the, the standardized, you know, test the, the philosophy of let's teach them how to pass a test. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an unpopular opinion in the educator world. Uh, my son and daughter-in-law are both teachers and, and they're sort of unusual because they're both, uh, conservative folks and they don't, they don't buy into the, the liberal teacher union kind of, you know, officially there's not teacher unions in Texas, but there are teacher unions in Texas. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they don't, they don't buy into the, the liberal teacher. You got to be like this. And so sometimes it causes them some heartache. Uh, sometimes right. not. Right. But, but my daughter-in-law teaches in junior high. She teaches, she teaches junior high history. And my son is a football coach and teaches history and geography. And a lot of times he, he deviates from, the curriculum and the lesson plan to actually teach kids history that's relevant instead of just, Hey, what's going to be on the test and the, and the liberal indoctrination of, you know, how great Bill Clinton was, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, yeah. Right. So, I mean, there, there's teachers out there that are trying, but like, like good cops, they're, they're becoming fewer and fewer in number and the radicals are taking over uh, in both career fields. Uh, I know a lot of my cop friends are kind of shaking their fist at me right now, but you know, the, the fact of the matter is I, I speak as a former police officer and the reason I left the profession is because I saw which way it was going. Um, I saw way back then the, the difference between good police whose mantra was protect and serve and, and who went to a call to solve a problem and law enforcers whose mantra is we enforce the law and who went to a call to see who they could take to jail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can all get on YouTube, watch the videos and, you know, for hours and hours and days on end. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, they can shake their fist at me, but recently I, I've kind of taken the tack and, and I've, I've started to go public with it and, and I probably should have done it a long time ago. Um, some of my representatives, some of my senators have have pushed bills. You know, the, these liberal cities are talking about defunding the police and this and that. And, and I've always been a big fan of the police and, and I've always backed our law enforcement community. You know, I've tried to support them. But recently I've taken the approach, uh, especially after watching this bill come through the House. I'm watching all the police chiefs and all the police unions and, and CLEAT, which is a communist organization that needs to be disbanded, come up there and, and rail on against citizens' rights and how we, you know, blah, 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 all the liberal CLEAT talking points. Y'all have all heard them. I don't need to go back through them. Right. And I've kind of come to the position of saying, okay, you know, here, here's where I'm at. I'm not going to support any more pro-police bills uh, until the rank-and-file police rise up and tell their association and their union leaders, stop peddling this garbage. 
and they tell their chiefs, stop peddling this garbage. Because as I, as I commented at the end of my testimony, and, and I hate that they only gave me two minutes because I could have done a really, really good job with two and a half or, or maybe three. Um, I know a lot of rank and file police officers from, from city PD to sheriff to constables to DPS, and all of them support constitutional carry. All of them support citizens having firearms. Numerous ones of them have told me, if I see a guy walking down the street or walking in Walmart or wherever with a pistol and a holster on his hip, I know that's a good guy because the criminals don't carry that way. Right. You know, you, you can tell by a person's mannerisms and the way they walk and the way they carry. And, and so my question to them is always, well, then when your chief gets up there and, and testifies, oh, all of my people are against this, they think it's going to make the world less safe. Right. And I kind of understand that to a point because in the hearing on Thursday, there, there were several police officials there from Dallas and Houston. And, and I have interacted with and, and kind of casual acquaintances with some officers that work for both of those cities. And, and it's fairly well known that th there's pretty much a standing order. If an officer from one of those cities came up and testified for the bill in defiance of their chief, that I hope they got another job to go to when they get back home. Right. And and that's really sad, you know, that their voice is squashed. But uh, I'm kind of in that in that boat as a fireman. You know, there's there's things that I can't talk about or advocate for because my chief doesn't agree. You know, I, I did make that comment in my testimony about fire stations because a couple of the couple of the mad mommy people were talking about. Oh well, they they were they brought it up in the context of domestic, and mm -hmm. if you're right. if your abuser's chasing you, you can go to a fire station. And, really. and just to be blunt, if you go to a fire station and your your violent ex is chasing you with a gun, you, you're probably going to get a bunch of firemen killed with you, right? Um, because most cities, um, the state gives deference to the city and, and to the chiefs of those departments. And, and there may be a, a department that allows their, their members to bring their firearms into the building or even carry them on their person. But if there is, I'm not aware of it. Right. Um, to my knowledge and all the firemen I know, uh, that basically when we get to work, even those of us that have LTCs and carry every day, when we get to work, we have to leave our firearms in our car because there's a standing order that says you cannot carry a firearm on city property or in the city building while on duty, and otherwise you get fired. Wow. You know, and, and even though state law says any member of the public can walk into the fire station with their legally carried firearm and the city cannot prohibit them. Right. You know, they, they hold it over the employees' heads by saying... Right. Well, you'll be fired. Yep. We're, we're not we're not going to prohibit you. You can do it if you want to, but then we're going to fire you. So, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish the legislature would fix that, but uh, I don't well, know. Well, there's if bits going of to, you know. 
Well, there's been some there's been some talk about it with some first mm-hmm. responder stuff, uh, firefighters, EMS, um, and that's where I'm optimistic about future stuff if we can get yes. constitutional carry through right it's like where do we go from here we always yeah. got to be looking at the anti-gunners are always looking at the next step why shouldn't we right that, so true. you know the next thing we need to push once we get constitutional carry is we need to go hey look you know we need to you know we need to get rid of this thing to where you know our first responders can't you know if they're if they're and i'm okay with if you i'm even okay with it i don't know where you stand on this um if as constitutional carry, I don't even care about that. But if that firefighter or EMS or whatever has a license to carry, they should be allowed to carry. Uh, that that's where I'm at. Um, Cody Her- Cody Harris, who is my representative, uh, filed HB ten HB ten sixty nine this session, which was first responder carry. And basically what it said was it would create a training class of no more than, uh, I think, 12 hours. Uh, it, was, uh-huh. it was where it could be a one-day class. Right. Um, that if a first responder had an LTC and took that class, that, that then they would be able to carry and their city couldn't prohibit them. Right. Uh, it got locked up in committee and never went anywhere. Right, um, but but it was put out there, and, and I'm hopeful that it'll come back around. Right, and uh, well, and part of the be, problem, it, and we talked about it on on podcasts in the past. There was a lot of very good pro gun bills uh, that were put out there this session, but constitutional carries dwarfed them all. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, and, and yeah. we have that in sessions. We have these call it landmark legislation, call it whatever you want, um, but you have certain bills that. You know, they get all the attention and they get all the momentum behind them and all that kind of stuff. And then some of the smaller stuff. So, again, I go back to we can get constitutional carry out of the way. Um, yeah. Then maybe we can go back to some of those things. I want to uh, give a quick shout to Wes, who jumped in out there, as well as Pat and uh, Atomic out there with us uh, as well. What's up? Uh, we're starting to start to wind it down uh, a little bit here. But yeah, I mean, you know, when it, when it comes to the law enforcement officer side of things, um, you know, regardless of whether you've got an association up there saying all of our people say this, or whether you got somebody out there in the live chat or in the comments saying all liberals are lunatics or all Democrats are lunatics. (laughs) I hate, I hate the boxes and, and generalizing people. Right. Um, you know, I support, you know, I support. You know, I back the blue that I back, if that makes any sense, right? Absolutely. Like, like I know excellent law enforcement officers, you know, in the county, some of the cities around here. I know some crappy ones, too, right? Um, and But the good ones, um, I'll, I'll back them to no end because, mm-hmm. you know, I know they're going to do what's right. I know they don't. They're not the, the type. They're the... You know, they have more the Andy Griffith approach rather than a jackbooted approach to things, right? They they yeah. want to solve the problems like you were talking about, right? So they get a call, you know, and they go out. They want to solve that issue. They want to help that help the situation. Um, oh yeah, and and that's the type of people, I, you know. But I, I don't know. I mean, I think I've said it a, a quite a quite a few times. I've said this before, and a lot of people don't they don't get this. They want to point fingers and talk about badly generalize about law enforcement. But here's the thing. How do we fix law enforcement? 
we ha- we fix law enforcement by fixing society. These right. cops are coming from society. And I think that's where a lot of the problem is. If we could create better people in society, we would have better law enforcement officers, I think. I, I think so. I think so. There, there's a, there's another component of it, I think. Um, I, I think we fix the academies. Um, there's a... There's an issue right now, good or bad, uh, that law enforcement attracts people, um, not all of them, but but it attracts more people than other professions who are in a position where maybe they've never really done anything important in life. Um, Maybe they were that middle-of-the-road kid in school who never got noticed. And, and suddenly they get this. Oh, hey! If I'm a if I'm a law officer, I have a I have uh, a badge and a gun and authority, and I'm important and I have power. Yeah. And uh, and I can speak to that a little bit because that that was some um, that was some motivation for me when I first went into law enforcement way back when. Right. And uh, and fortunately i had some old hat cops that taught my academy they they were retired after 25 or 30 years that that they were pretty good about seeing that and and they took a few of us um aside and kind of and kind of filled us in on some of that and they were like and they didn't really call us out on it but they just kind of said you know hey this uh, this happens now and then and and in case you're in that boat well here's some stuff to think about right and uh you know so there there's a lot of that 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 i think needs to be kind of looked at a little more strictly too um friend of mine's daughter has been trying to to get into police work uh she's 22 23 somewhere in there got a bachelor's degree and she keeps failing out at either at the interview or on the physical and and bless her i just don't think it's the career for her but um you you know she she kind of falls into some of that and and i don't know if it's good or bad that that they're failing her out because she's one of the people that that would make a good cop but but maybe not a good enforcer right and and so you know we I, i don't know how we fix some of that um I saw a comment, mandatory arrest is something we need to get rid of. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, that, that would go a long way toward it. Um, side comment, I, I see Rich White in the comments. And, and Rich, if you're listening, um, when I was at the Pentagon in the mid-90s, I knew an engineer that lived there in D.C. named Rich White. Uh, he was married to a very nice lady named Irene. And I was just curious if, if you were the same Rich White. I saw you mention something about Maryland, so you're you're up there in that neighborhood in West Virginia. So uh, if that's you, long time no see, brother. Uh, if it's not, well, hey, how many? It could be, I guess, several Rich Whites in the world. So. Right. That would be a, it'd be a it'd be a small world. Yeah. A stranger thing yeah. to happen. Right. Um, right. We're uh. We're past the hour mark. So, Devin, I'm going to give you a few minutes. First of all, I'm going to say thanks for coming on talking with us. You give us yeah, a ton yeah. of insight on what went on in Austin, which is awesome. I mean, we were outside looking in. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to drop the link uh, to your uh, to your Facebook page out there, RG Minis, uh, one more right. time. But, um, yeah, I mean, if people wanted to 
follow you on social media or the, you know, talking about the, the minis or whatever, uh, I'll give you just a few minutes to your, just your final thoughts, kind of close things out. And if there's anything you want to pimp while you're, you're doing it, go ahead and do that as well. Uh, I gotta say when, when Senator Lucio raised his hand, um, it was kind of a, it was something of a pucker factor moment. I didn't really know what was coming there. Right. Um, he had, he had addressed several other people and, and sometimes it was, it was kind of good. And other times it was, it was sort of pointed. Um, so I was a little relieved when he, when he went the direction he did. Um, you know, that was, that was good. I saw somebody mention that. Um, but yeah, we're just, we're just hanging out here, living life. Um, most of my social media is in my name, Devin Grider. I'm pretty easy to find. Um, if you look through, uh, if you're a member of Texas Carry or Open Carry Texas, I'm in both of those. I'm kind of, kind of here and there and fairly active. Um, right. I have a YouTube channel under T Town Dex, but it's there's probably not three videos on it. So I mean, I'm not I'm not active at all. Um, I keep saying I'm going to do more and post more, but yeah, you know, uh, I got four boys, so you know that kind of they kind of right. they kind of monopolize things and and rightfully so. So yeah, uh, well, life happens, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, it does. It does. Uh, uh, Y'all go look at my mini cows. Um, Smile, coo, say all. If you want some excellent beef, hit me up. Um, if you got if you got two to ten acres and, and you want to get in the mini cow business and get some ag exemption and maybe have some pets or some beef or make some money, well, well, hit me up too. Um, the the cool thing about mini Herefords is compared to modern cows and even other mini breeds like Aberdeen and Dexter's and Scottish Highland is that. The mini Herford market stays pretty steady. Um, the only downside of that, they're they're not the cheapest thing to get into. Um, but once you kind of get up and going, they're they're fairly decent to to be able to hold their own. Um, mm-hmm. If anybody tells you that they raise cows and, and they make a living and make money off of it, they're lying, run away. But hey, um, <laughs> right. mini cows hold their own, and right. so uh, they're they're lots of fun and uh provide some like i said some ag exemptions some income some some excellent beef um unless you run into what we did we went to to visit some family over spring break and we came back and i opened up the biggest freezer we had uh, a 22 cubic foot and and i caught a hint of the smell when i opened the door and i reached in and i put my hand on a, a package of bacon that was on top of the freezer and it was room temperature and i just oh. it and went back in the house so uh yeah i had uh, i had two calves worth of beef in that in that freezer so uh yeah wow <laughs> not <laughs> that good sucked to say the yes, least but, absolutely yeah uh, you know life happens so you know there there it is uh appreciate the invite this evening uh always yep. love coming on and visiting uh appreciate your audience for asking questions for for being being accepting and and kind to me so uh they uh they usually come back anytime they usually are and uh yeah thanks for thanks for joining i got a few things that i want to i'm gonna throw out here before we uh we leave uh, first of all that point uh I see rain jumping in out there what's up rain um is 
even through that 10 hour live stream through the chat tonight, my audience, and maybe it's because I demand better of you guys, uh, <laughs> or you, or, you know, or you simply know what kind of house I like to keep. Uh, but I, I want family friendly. I don't care if you, you know, hit the bars every Friday night, or if you hit the, you're in church every Sunday morning. Uh, I want you to feel comfortable here um, right. so you know the language the lewdness the the crazy i just really don't tolerate a lot of that uh and most of the folks come in they know that uh and it it, it amazes me to no end i mean i i get very very few comments happen uh that we've got to uh that we got to address and that really speaks yeah. to the quality quality over quantity is what i always say so talking about the uh, uh texas uh concealed carry uh, legislation that's going through should get to the Senate floor this week. We've got to uh, keep tabs on uh, not only Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and keep the pressure on him, but also got to keep uh, some pressure on six specific senators. If you recognize these names, if they're your senators, then definitely get with them uh, and uh, and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and let them know that, uh, yeah, they need to get this done. That's Senators Nelson, Nichols, Betancourt, Taylor, Huffman, and Seliger. Again, Nelson, Nichols, Betancourt, Taylor, Huffman, and Seliger. Uh, I'll throw the uh, the number for the Austin switchboard out there one more time as well, 512-463-4630, 512-463-4630. Uh, and then before we leave, shameless plugs, if you are a Patreon patron, the Launcher Pop poll is up over there on Patreon. Go check that out. Uh, we need your vote on that. And thanks to all the YouTube channel members and the Patreon patrons. We appreciate it. Harry Smith is out there in the chat. He's asking what I just addressed. Uh, we don't know yet when they're going to vote. It's supposed to go to the Senate floor this week. Uh, nice, stay tuned. Nice. Stay tuned to the channel, and we'll we'll try to uh, try to keep you up to date. Um, I said this week, but. but you know they have a they have about six weeks or so, but but they right. did say this week. Um, uh, I want to throw out there too in, in parting. Uh, remember, if you're in Lucio's district or you know anybody that is, call him, call him, call him, call him. If we get enough call volume, we could flip Lucio to vote for this bill. That's and absolutely that, possible. Even even if Seliger's Rhino Tail doesn't, it'll pass anyway. So. Right. Uh, Rain with a 499 Super Chat. So it's Rachel Malone. Uh, Rachel was absolutely a rock star oh, yeah. uh, a few days ago, for sure. Um, shameless plugs before we get out of here, and then we've got to get, we're nearly 10 minutes over. Um, <laughs> normal video drop uh, the Gerson M3 312 Sport Shotgun with some three inch uh, shells. Testing that out uh, is on the channel, as well as some breakout videos from that Senate testimony sort of broke broken into categories also throw a link out there for the the newest shirt playing uh, on the the mom's uh little you know 81 percent nonsense mess the uh, texas i spent 81 percent of my money on guns and over there at spread shirt there's shirts hoodies stickers coffee mugs all kinds of stuff if you uh, want to get that and uh yeah just laugh about uh, the whole 81 percent stat that obviously is ridiculous thanks for hanging out thanks for being well behaved as always uh thanks for joining the conversation and um uh, yeah we're gonna get out of here we'll see you uh next week but for now the lounge is closed peace out